irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Do they sell veggie burgers in hell? What do the Interpol and Tony the Tiger have in common? Why do 14,000 medical doctors hate cheese? These are just a few of the topics we will be covering. Hello, I'm William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DeFabio, and welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals in science, to animals in entertainment, to animals in religion, and to animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. And this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. Our guest today, again, is Pat Kendall. She is the attorney who's been fighting to end animal testing at a Vancouver hospital. And the city council voted this week, uh, and where she's going to be speaking with us at about 2.30 Pacific time, and she'll tell us what happened. She'll walk us through what happened. Actually, I don't know what the results are, uh, so she'll be letting us know. This is a really big deal. She's a great human being. um, And a wonderful person, and whatever the outcome is, we just applaud her for her efforts and everybody that's worked with her. And just to refresh some of the listeners who may not have been around or just went to go eat something uh, during our show. uh, A veggie burger, I'm sure. A veggie burger. This is the hospital relocated, uh, and uh, it was uh, testing all kinds of animals, many of them nothing to do with uh, making human life better and productive. Uh, and they were relocating, so it was hard to put a stop to their practice. She could reiterate and put it in a, right. encapsulated for us. But they relocated, and they had to get some zoning uh, mandates in order and licensures and all that. And that was a way to ding them and make them uh, right. comport with conscientious conduct. Enter Pat Kendall, who I think said she's retired, semi-retired, but has a long history of being an attorney associated with urban affairs right. in the city of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So uh, hopefully she was able to score some uh, reasonable and make them come to reason. And uh, well, at least she made it. it she made it, she, she created some kind of public awareness, awareness. which unto itself is success. So but we'll hear from we her start, soon. We'll hear from her soon. Correct. But before we start, Nancy, I'm ready, and the audience is ready. All right. Because your humor, I use the rest of the week, and I, I break ice with everybody, and they love me now. You I, make new friends with I, my jokes. I rip off your jokes. I tell everyone <laughs> about the grasshopper and the bartender joke, everyone. Well, let's see if you can uh, lure people with this Please. one. So a man is attending a function in another village, and he's right. he rides his horse to the village. He ties up his horse, and he goes to the function, and he's about to leave, and he notices that his horse is missing. So he shouts outside, asking for his horse back, but notably... Um, but nobody seems to know where it is. Nobody's telling him where his horse is. His horse appears lost or stolen. So angrily he says, if I don't get my horse back in the next five minutes, I will do exactly what I did when I lost my first horse. Suddenly the horse appears from behind a saloon walking towards him. Out of curiosity, a woman goes up to him and politely asks, what did you do when you lost your first horse? And the man replied, I walked. (laughs) 
Dale doesn't think it's funny. I thought that was going to be like he did something to the horse. The horse. I thought just walks and ditches the horse. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I thought I thought it was the horse is gone. That's it. Hopefully, he's in good hands. No, I thought it would be like he castrated the horse or something like that. And this one was in the middle of drinking somewhere, and the horse tuned in. That he's going to do what he did when he lost his first horse. Oh, this I horse, see. That would have been a better punch that than that. Been, we okay, have to do some well, homework on the right. humor in the show. And then he, he pulls away from drinking at the bar of the horse, and he shows up. He doesn't okay. want to get castrated. So, uh, so yeah, okay. that would have been good, too. But anyway, let's get on with the news, because uh, we only have one hour here, and we should have more hours, but whatever. But before we start... I, I Yes, that's right. I told my joke. So can you talk about uh, what's in the news today? What about meatless food? Right. Let's talk about meatless food. Listen, everyone look forward to it because I, I think they deserve some credit. Kellogg's, well, I grew up with Kellogg's yeah. Corn Flakes, parent company of Morningstar Farms. I don't know if they're in Canada, but they're all over the United States. They're green packaged food in your grocery uh, you know, freezer section. Morningstar Farms is coming out soon with a meatless burger called... Incognito. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, and I creative. think just the name, kudos to them, engenders a smile. I know. So we that's did smile. Good branding. Uh, yeah, and that's a free plug for them. So anyway, meatless foods for many is a healthier life choice and better choice for creative and positive environmental impact on our planet. Not everyone agrees, however. Right wing pastor Rick Wiles is a Christian TV host. He has a program called True News. He claims that. Meat alternative companies are creating these foods in an effort to alter human DNA to order, in order to cause human beings to no longer be technically classified as human beings, a plot concocted by Lucifer that would make it impossible for them to be saved by Christ. Wiles believes that people will soon not even be given the choice of real or meatless foods, and that fast food restaurants will make the switch without giving customers an option to keep meat in their diet. Quote, when you go to your favorite fast food restaurant, you're going to be eating a fake hamburger, end of quote. According to Wiles, you're going to go to the grocery store and buy a pound of fake hamburger or a fake steak, and you won't know that it's grown in some big corporation's laboratory. It'll be that good, you won't be able to know the difference. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah Halloween's <laughs> coming. Wiles added that he believes that this is a nightmare world that seeks to change God's creation. Meatless companies want to be God, he said. The ultimate goal, Wiles believes, is to bring more people to Satan. Wiles said God is watching these Luciferians destroy this planet, destroy the animal kingdom, destroy the plant kingdom, change human DNA. Why? They want to change human DNA so that you can't be born again. Now, this sounds like a ridiculous, crazy story, but this guy's got... um, How many followers? He he has followers. He... um, First of all, I think uh, even as a right-wing Christian, if God is watching, you'll take care of everything, right? So you don't have to worry, right? You know what? Everyone was a vegetarian before Noah's Ark. Everyone was a veggie. It's for you Bible people. Go research that. Before Noah's Ark, everyone was a vegetarian, okay? Anyway, no one's going to hell here. I do want to make things clear, though. I mean, people like Joe Lostein and Joyce Meyer and those people. I don't. They don't. I don't think they they agree with this crazy with this mania. He's really Looney Tunes, and he's uh, he's about our. He was born in fifty four, fifty five. He's um, the the name of his church is Flowing Streams Church. This is in Vero Beach, Florida, by the way, which is a nice place. 
Uh, he is the founder of Two News, and uh, he, he has a website known for promoting racist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. So he has a following which disturbs me more than, than uh, the stupid stuff he says. I don't think it's True News. He should call himself Fake News. It, it's it's well that's definitely fake news it sounds like rubbish it, yeah of course but but the thing is if, I, there is another pretty story there's another another a nice story and this this um when i read this i said wow what a what a what a counter the total opposite of of this crazy moron. person this moron um so there's an epidemic of stray dogs in uh, gavata brazil uh, and there's one man father joao paulo Aurojo Gomez, he's the priest at the local church. The local church is called the Parish of Santa Ana Gavata. And he's made his mission to care for um, their bunch of, for the stray dogs. There's lots of stray dogs. He's made a mission to care for these dogs. This is in Brazil. Yeah, with so many abandoned city dogs. In Gravata. Where's that near? I don't know. I've is never it near Rio? San pa- San Paolo? I don't know. You have to look it up. Brasilia? Okay, we'll, 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 we'll inquire. I don't know. Maybe some people from Brazil or some people who've been to Brazil will know. Just but anyway, know. He, he has a lot. There are a lot of stray dogs around, and he's um, he takes in the dogs from the streets into the church, and the dogs present during the services. Um, they wander in. They nap in the pews. They take their rightful place on the altar next to the next to the padre as he performs services and lets the dogs in, not only to provide them with shelter, but also to help them get adopted. So... The volunteers help take care of the dogs to give them food, water, whatever. And so when the people, the, the parishioners, I guess you call them, um, when they see that the dogs are part of the services, they experience kind of happiness and they're more likely to adopt them and these dogs find new homes. So it's really an ingenious way of getting these animals adopted. Um, it's but there's some dogs that are sick, they've been abused, whatever. He takes those and those become his dogs and they get the medical care that they need. And so far, dozens of dogs have found families just by taking them in and uh, so having them walk around, lying around. You give him see a the plug again. On the website. You have a website and a name for him? Give I, him a the plug. Father, the website, I don't, well, it's, it's not really a website. It was a story that I found on the internet. Repeat his name, please. His name is Padre Paolo Gomez. And all you have to type in is parish that takes um, stray dogs in Gravata, Gravata, Brazil. Brazil. And you see pictures story? so nice. See, contrary to our other story a few weeks ago in China, they just take them near the restaurants, they slaughter them in front of the restaurant to show up right to the meeting. But this priest is just... Uh, Do you see the polar opposites? Good, you know, especially with what you hear about, you know, the Vatican and all these priests molesting all these altar boys and all that. This is a nice story. So they're not all bad. I mean, some see? of them actually do good work. Yeah. So. He's really creative, i got to say. That's a great way to get dogs to uh, find them I new like homes. That. Anyway, what else is going on in the world? Good story. Global crackdown on the trafficking of wild animals has led to over 700 arrests since May 2019. Two Interpol initiatives, Operation Blizzard and Operation Thunderball, have been largely responsible. By bringing together law enforcement agencies from more than 20 countries, the International Policing Organization has sought to stem the illicit trade of reptiles and exotic pets, which has seen an explosion in activity over the past two decades. Okay, now Interpol is an international police organization. With member countries numbering about 193. I think almost every country on the planet is Everyone knows about Interpol. Okay. They all all know. Okay. 
anyone who could pronounce James or Bond. Any, exactly, okay. James Bond. Anyone who knows a little bit about Europe can say the word Europe, maybe even spell it. They've all heard of Interpol. Okay. And they, if they haven't heard of Interpol, then I suggest they eat like a high dose of uh, meatless burgers. <laughs> you know, put onions and stuff on there. The side order of the beans. That's not a good, that's you, not good for your you memory. <laughs> But I just wanted to stress that they really don't have any arrest powers. It's really more of a network of police from different countries coming together and uh, arresting uh, bad people. But they're scary. Trafficking, terrorism. Anti-terrorism and all that. Yeah, Google them on your phone, everybody. Okay. But in May, Operation Blizzard, not Lizard, but Operation Blizzard started targeting suspected reptile smugglers. After months of intelligence gathering efforts and cross-border cooperation, within a month, yes, a month, the operation had led to the seizure of more than 4,000 reptiles. Raids were carried out at airports, breeding sites, and exotic animal stores across Europe and North America. Among the recovered animals were 20 alligators and crocodiles. Now, we had in our last show, this is also an educational show, not just humor, okay, background stuff, and we have activists among us, beautiful lawyers and people call in. Right. But this is an educational show, and Absolutely. it's also for kids. Yes, okay? yes, so, it is. Now, do we remember what the difference is between crocodile and alligator? The the nose. Beautiful. It's That's all it. in the nose. That's it. Well, no, I think I alligators mean, there must are bigger. Be, there, mu- there are probably oh, other subtleties, t- tell, go, but... Go, it's go, the same go. thing. Now, tell me, tell me the difference in the noses. Uh, well, one has uh, longer... Schnozzle, the yeah. other one. <laughs> the one with the longer schnozzle, to use technical Latin term, <laughs> is the croc. The crocodile has the longer schnozzle, and the square schnozzle is the alligator. Right, okay, square A, square alligator A. See, we are an educational show. We hold hands with all our listeners, and we go, we're go. we in this journey together, folks. So among the recovered animals were 20 alligators and crocodiles, six boa snakes, and 150 fashion items from reptile skins. Reporters by border, excuse me, I'm sorry, reports by border agencies reveal the poor treatment of these animals. Sheldon Jordan, head of the Wildlife Crime Unit of Environment and Climate Change Canada, said that three of the nine smuggled reptiles he uncovered had died in transit, showing how deadly this illicit trade can be. Wildlife crime not only strips our environment of its resources, it also has an impact through the associated violence, money laundering, and fraud, said Interpol Secretary Urgen Stock. Since the success of Operation Blizzard, Interpol has remained focused on bringing international wildlife smugglers to justice. Actually, this Operation Thunderbolt led to a similar sting operation. This was in July. It launched about uh, 100 and nine, I, I don't know how many raids, but it was in about 109 countries. Um, they're global seizures because, as we said, it involves a multitude, hundreds of countries. There's global seizures included 23 live primates, 30 big cats, um, hundreds and hundreds of kilos of ivory. And, That's uh, terrible, 545 and th- kilograms of ivory. That's And 10,000 live turtles. And tortoises. Um, just under 600 people have been arrested, but these are usually middlemen. Um, uh, Middle scum. But they, they work really closely with uh, you know, with border agencies to track criminals and to seize protected wildlife and illicit it's animal-based beautiful. products. So there's some progress, um, but 
They have other Poachers. operations also going on that I'd like to talk about, you know, on other shows. They're really doing a great job. Uh, but like I said, uh, most of the people arrested are really middlemen, but um, that's how they catch the, the big guys, so the big bad men. Uh, well, by using these middlemen, obviously, that's how they create their case against uh, against the gangs that are uh, coordinating this illegal trade. So what else have we got going on? What about what about U.S. food and the FDA uh, breast cancer warnings on cheese? Yeah, what about it? Well, some are saying that uh, the organization is pushing for cheese products to have warning labels similar to those on cigarette packets. They sent a petition on the sub to the FDA. An example of the warning would be, quote, dairy cheese contains reproductive hormones that may increase breast cancer mortality risk, end of quote. Breast cancer is among the most common causes of death in women, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Studies have linked cheese consumption with higher risk of breast cancer. Dairy contains estrogen from cows. The female hormone is linked to an increased risk of breast cancer. When milk becomes cheese, the estrogens are more concentrated. While they are only traces, they appear to be biologically active in humans, increasing breast cancer mortality. Alternatively, high-fiber plant-based foods, like veggie burgers, are good for breast health as they eliminate excess estrogen. A study known as the Life After Cancer Epidemiology Study, which found that among women previously diagnosed with breast cancer, those consuming one or more servings of high-fat dairy products every day had a 49% higher breast cancer mortality compared with those who were consuming less than one half less than one half serving every day so this is not just people talking this is actual studies um clinical studies so you know it is a little bit credible that she's has a relationship with breast and cancer. some of the sources for, for this information is on the center for disease control you know their their website right, right. Country, we want to cover as many bases as we can because okay. we, we've got a lot of topics. We've got Miss yeah. Kendall coming on. Yes. She's fantastic. She is. She didn't just retire and want to stare at pain. She's trying to contribute. Yes. And now our little friend there from Comedy Central, the retired guy from The Daily Show. Yes. Who just helped all those first responders. Yes. Wonderful get, person. Get all the money there from Congress that, that, that it's their due. Uh, he's joined the fight against breast cancer by backing a campaign called Let's Beat Breast Cancer. Recently launched by PCRM. Nancy, what does PCRM stand for? Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Go mm-hmm. to their website. They have amazing information, it's clinical study reports. Uh, they have actually this new kit. If you are, um, if you're trying to kind of, you don't necessarily have to want to become a vegetarian or a vegan, but if you want a healthier diet, you they have this kit. I think it sells for about sixty dollars, and it gives you everything you need. Um, charts and menus, everything you need to uh, to get on the bandwagon to uh, to consume more plants. It's um, a great organization, right? Yeah. Name me one famous doctor from uh, PCRM. Uh, Bernard, Doctor Bernard. Thank you very much, Nancy. So he's Stuart, the founder. He's he's been on the Doctor Oz show, I think. Yeah, look him up. He's and he's written a book and stuff. Books, many yeah. books. Yeah. He's a good guy. He cares about animals. And so are all the member doctors in his. Uh, not, not only doctors, there are all kinds of people, profe- all kinds of people in the medical community and the nutritional community. So, well, PCRM is a coalition of over twelve thousand pro-vegan doctors. Did you know that, Nancy? Yes. Okay, good. Stewart's wife, John Stewart, 
His wife, Tracy, is also supporting the campaign, and his award-winning doctor, James Cameron, in, you know, the Terminator oh, fame. Yeah, that's and right. And his wife, Susie Amis. And remember, Terminator, whatever it is, 52 is coming out. <laughs> and this one's going to be really unique and cool. Why? This is called Dark Fate, F-A-T-E, I think. It is with Linda Hamilton. Love it. I love now, it. Now, she was Superwoman in the last one. She all those was muscles, amazing. Those arms. And she's a wow. gymnast. Now she's like probably 103, and she is so unbelievably yeah. muscular. She's, she's, the, she's yeah. a killer bubby. Good, good. She's just a killer. She's a killer grandma. You see, it's, everything's in the mind. Yeah, so that James Cameron. And then Avatar, if you like watching that, watching that movie, but whatever that was, those creatures. But anyway, the committee for the campaign is made up of a number of experts from different fields, such as breast cancer researchers, researchers, surgeons, and dietitians. It also includes a number of celebrities and athletes. The four principles of the campaign are that people should choose plant-based foods, foods, exercise regularly, limit alcohol, and maintain a healthy weight. Head of the advisory committee, breast cancer surgeon Dr. Christy Funk, maintains that eating whole, colorful plant foods helps your body defend itself from rogue cancer cells. And she's done a lot of research on this, so she's very credible. She might have listed, she might have written one or more books about it, but she's done a lot of research, and this is this what she says is based on her conclusion as a result of all this work that she's done. And we're trying to get a hold of her to be a guest on one of right. our upcoming shows, so stay tuned, okay? And we're trying to get a hold of Paul McCartney. He should be around coming up in the coming yeah. weeks. He's just trying to fit us in between concerts, okay? And we're also trying to get Kim Basinger. She's very shy, and we're on the phone with her publicist. And Baldwin is too busy with his new movie and his impressions of Donald Trump, but Baldwin wants in also. This is L.A. Talk Radio, Animal News Magazine, with your host, Nancy DeFabio. And we're also going to have a bunch of dead people on the show, too. (laughs) Well, A bunch of dead vegetarians. (laughs) <laughs> no, but they're alive, these people. All I these, know, I'm just... They, they, Kim Basinger's still alive, I and, know. and uh, they're all alive. Yeah. Anyway, those who pledge to join a campaign will receive a free ebook of vegan recipes. They can also order the Let's Beat Breast Cancer Kit, which includes fact sheets on how to tackle the disease, a copy of doc, Dr. Funk's book, and more. So uh, go to www.pcrm.org. Yeah. Great organization, lots of information. And, Amen. And fact-based. Moving onwards here. Recently, California Governor Newsom signed not one, but two. Well, not two, but three. Right. Three animal-friendly bills into law. You know, there's a little bit of redeeming stuff with that guy. Yeah, when okay? it comes to that, he's a little bit... Uh, when it comes yeah. to animals, it's okay. Uh, animal right. the Bill 44 bans the sale and manufacture of new fur items. California just became the first state to ban the sale and manufacture of new fur items. That is cool. That is cool. Can we get some applause for him? Uh, well, yeah, for Please, that, absolutely. Please, the audience. Come on now. Stop looking up all these things and pay things. Thank you very much. Okay. There'll be prizes for all of you at the end of the show. Just look under your seat there. You'll have a sticker to tell you what you win. Actually, we will be having prizes we, we towards the, in the new year, towards the end of the year. Yeah, yeah t-shirts and everything. A you're, holiday. You're wearing a cool thing. t-shirt right now. Yeah, that's going to be one of the prizes. It's adorable. Uh, yeah. Nancy is wearing right now a t-shirt with uh, a whole bunch of dogs on a jury. That is the jury panel, and of course, the accused is a poor pussy cat that's yeah. to be judged by all these dogs. 
Right. I'm not betting on this poor cat's future. Well, that's that's this is a, this it's is pretty. a metaphor for animals. See? How humans are the jury and the animal is the defendant. When really the, the animal didn't even commit a crime. But we're getting we're going that's off a tangent. That's a good so let's. Well, what about the Circus Cruelty well, Prevention well, well, Act? That's Senate Bill three thirteen, Circus Cruelty Prevention Act. The Circus Cruelty Prevention Act bans the sponsoring, conducting, or operating a circus that uses any animal, except for domestic dogs, cats, and horses. Basically, circuses will be able to train domesticated dogs, cats, and horses to perform circus tricks. Commonly used wild and exotic animals such as lions, tigers, bears, elephants, and camels. Even camels will be protected from the circus animal life. Why are there exemptions for dogs, cats, and horses, domestic dogs and cats? I have, I have no idea. There, there, there must have, uh, I don't know. But we'll have someone monitoring because they're, they're not, not wildlife. They're they're they're. But they're not to be abused, so they'll just you know, they give don't. Me the they they won't. They would not survive in the wild. Maybe horses, wild horses, but uh-huh. lions, tigers. There, a lot of them are actually endangered. I mean, elephants, um, camels. But the thing is, uh, these even these tigers and these lions are just going to be recycled. They're going to probably continue to work in city if they're young enough in cities and states that allow them in circus acts. So it's not like they're going to be in a nice sanctuary or. Uh, they're not going to be living the good life. They're just going to be put into another circus. They're going to continue to work in those cruel surroundings. Yeah, but there's an effort made. Give credit to some progress. I will. Assembly Bill 1260, that's 1260, banned sales of lizard, hippo, caiman skins. The state initially passed a ban against the trade in 1970. However, since then, the exotic skins industry has fought it. Organizations such as Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries kept pushing for more extensions, and a new legislation kept lifting the ban. Finally, Assembly Bill 1260 has placed a permanent ban on the sale of crocodile and alligator skins in the state. The bill now includes the sale of iguana, skink, caiman hippopotamus, or tehu, ring, and Nile lizard skin. The law will go into effect on January 1st, 2020. So, yeah, um, you know, they, there's a movement going on, you know, um, Gucci, Versace, Prada, Donna Karan, New York, they're just a few of the brands that they've, they've ditched fur, so fur is definitely on its way out. Uh, Donatella Versace, she's the head of Versace, not that her brother died a long time ago, a few years ago. She said about a year ago, she doesn't want to kill animals to make fashion, it doesn't feel right. Macy's just recently Great. decided that it was not going to sell fur in its Beautiful. stores anymore. Kudos to um, Macy's. So, um, Donatella Versace. You know, the, 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 the... People are waking up. People are waking it's beautiful. up. beautiful. See progress Chanel is here. committed to ending use of fur and exotic skins. Coco. Um, so That's it's so really... Nice. There's really a, a definitely a movement going on. Um, and there's also... Uh, anyway, talking about circus, um, there's this interesting... Uh, bear story. You want to tell us about it? The circus trick involving a bear pushing a wheelbarrow? Yeah. It's called Clubfoot and Garden Wheelbarrow. But on, August, on October 25th, a few days ago, the bear had other plans. During a small circus performance in the Russian city of Olonets, a trainer, Ruslan Solodyuk, stood in the red ring with a large bear walking on its hind legs, struggling to push a wheelbarrow. As the trainer walked past the standing bear, the bear attacked, pushing the trainer to the ground and then climbing on top of him, all before another trainer rushed into the ring and began repeatedly kicking the creature. 
Lyudmila Misnik, the manager of the circus, told Russian media that the bear had been spooked by the flash from cell phone cameras. The trainer, though, told the media that the 16-year-old 660-pound bear, Yashka, is set to retire as a performer. He claimed that the bear's aggression was due to old age and joint pain, which flares up seasonally. Do you see the contradiction here? She's saying that it's the cameras and the flashlight. They're saying just an old bear with arthritis, and he's, uh, you know... He, he gets a little bit aggressive. So it was probably so, the flash that spooked the bear. It's probably the truth, right? Well, bear's been in circus acts before. He's seen cameras flash. Oh, so, so what he's was just the old reason? and tired, you know. And, and, and the thing and is, he had a breakdown. Got, yeah, and if he's, okay. if, and, you know, if okay, he's got, fair. if he's old and he has arthritis, can you just like let him go? Let him go. It but hurt him. but it hurt but him. also the the news agency, there's a news agency that reported that the authorities have opened they've, they've opened a criminal investigation into whether the circus provided unsafe services because there wasn't a barrier between the audience and the bear. You should have like a fence or whatever. So they're going to investigate that unsafe, you know, an unsafe circus uh, service. Uh, and I'm, when I read this, I said, what about opening a criminal investigation to animal cruelty, into why they're automatically, they don't even think about the bear's welfare, well-being. Second-class citizens. Or, or, or asking Second the trainer. Second-class citizens. You know, it's just terrible. like, they're not even second-class, they're no-class. No they it's they unbelievable. Have no if you're going to open an investigation, because, I mean, I, yeah, I'm into human beings, you know, being in a safe environment, but the bear shouldn't even be there. It's a bear. What it, it was just a matter of time, and you hear like you hear it all the time. You got horses running in the streets, elephants running in the streets. But uh, tell me, is Russia also moving progressively forward and not having animals in its circuses, or do they just practice? No, with I think the they have laws that some animals are not uh, allowed in the circus, but obviously a bear is. But they do have circus laws. They do. There's a story. I don't know if you have time. Dale, can you help me call? I'm sorry, William. Not a problem. Can you help me call? Um, Miss Kendall. Miss Kendall. Yeah. Well, if you have any, uh, that's fine. We'll go to the call. Yeah. What were you saying? Live. We'll go to the call to Miss Kendall. Um, because if she's not ready, I don't think she's ready. But if she's not, there's a story that you keep trying to complete every week. And you're not able to do it. What story is that? No, I don't know. Oh, it's the a walrus. chicken story. No, the walrus. The walrus mm-hmm. story. From last week? I have a lot of stories you that never get the to walrus? finish. They don't it's have the enough time story. to cover all that stuff. It's the walrus story. Chad remembers that. And then all, oh, oh, Chad. Chad remembers that. <laughs> so you know, while we're waiting for the technical adjustments here to take hold, um, don't forget... For those of you who can hear me while we're dialing with those dumbbells, buy your veggie burgers. Miss Kendall's Hello? on the air. There's Miss Kendall. Watch. Pat? Can you hear me? Hi, yes. Pat. This is Nancy and William. Welcome back to the show. Welcome, British Columbia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, British Columbia. Miss Kendall, how are you? I am great. So you had, a, you had quite a week this week. I hope week. she has good news. I'm we did. Sweat. So the bottom line is, would you believe I do not have a final decision to tell you? Okay. Because what happened is the meeting went so incredibly long and late that at the end, council just decided to uh, close the meeting. Um, I, I actually can't remember how late it was, but it was... 
well past 10. Oh and they left the subject as what they call unfinished business that they are going to um, finish on Tuesday, November 5th. So, um, we have to mark so our they, calendars. They call that in L.A. when the judge takes it under submission, quote-unquote. Well, hmm. actually, did they take it under, are, is all the evidence in and they just have to deliberate now? Or, I mean, the, or the proceedings not Yes, they, they heard, they complete, so the meeting, the public, the meeting started at like 6 p.m. Um, those of us, I'm going to call us the pro-animal people, we were there, seated at 6, and I was one of the four of people to speak on behalf of the animals and it turned out that I was number one on the speakers list so we were all in place at six o'clock the meeting started and they had a few other things to consider first wait, that was Ms. fine Kenna, wait then you're number one on our quick. list wait I had to interrupt you you're number one is you're number one on our list okay Not just the speakers all right let her continue I had to say thank that. you okay. thank you my dear so then we got to the hospital topic very quickly but what happened was that first council heard from uh I guess the staff city staff and there was just a seemingly endless number of PowerPoint slides of buildings and different views, different configurations, different heights and stuff. Oh my God, I'm sorry. It was really boring. And then after that long, long staff presentation, then these various consultants from St. Paul's Hospital Gate stood up and gave an extremely long technical uh, discussion. And all through this, council members had so many questions for them. So council was asking, for example, will this $2 billion hospital in a kind of depressed area where a lot of very, very poor people live in what are called single room occupancies, will that displace these people? What is being done to make sure we're not pushing poor people even further away? And, you know, um, counselors had questions about um, this area is called the False Creek Flats, and apparently it's not a very stable you know, soil stable area. And so the counselors were wondering about the, the the wisdom of putting this major hospital on land. And here, you know, we're subject to earthquakes. So they were, you know, so council had questions like that. So honestly, by the time the public hearing started, oh my goodness, right. it was late. It was late. And then I was the first speaker. I had because I was representing the rezoning for the animals group, instead of five minutes, I had eight. So I had PowerPoint slides to show for seven minutes, wow. and then I wanted to show a 60-second YouTube video. I think it was prepared by PETA mm -hmm. that's called Animal Experimentation in mm -hmm. 60 Seconds Flat, and it, is, it has got some audio soundtrack of the animals crying oh, out and God. you know it's like Ugh. you you know it's there it's there so when I stood up to speak and um, the first thing the mayor said was well we've been told that this video you want to show might show sort of graphic and sensitive uh, you know content 
So then there was this discussion around council, and they decided not to let me show it. Okay. So I was trying to be very nice, of course, but I was so tempted to say, how can you even think about legally allowing something you can't even watch on a screen? And and they're not even looking at the evidence. I mean, really, yeah, it's almost like they already know. (laughs) They already know it's Yeah. So then I said, he's, but the mayor said, well, you now have eight minutes for your PowerPoints, not seven. Yeah. And he said, I hope there's nothing graphic in your PowerPoints. Wow. And I'm thinking graphic meaning blood or bloody. I'm like, no, but I did, ha- I did have some pictures of animals and experimentation. So anyway, I went through my PowerPoints and, um, you know, I feel like it was powerful. And uh, then I was the first speaker and then right away the mayor said uh, no questions okay i guess there's no questions thank you miss kendall next speaker uh, so even though the counselors had so many questions otherwise through the meeting for each of our four speakers they had no questions for us so we we had our time we set our our bit and we sat down so how many speakers how many uh, pro animal speakers were there just you i mean uh, no there was two there was four of us so there was two other women mm-hmm. who um, spoke and they had, um, you know, they didn't have a PowerPoint presentation or anything, but they had notes and, you know, they spoke very coherently and, mm-hmm. you know, with lots of information against it. And the fourth speaker, oh my goodness, you guys, oh, it's this young boy. Mm-hmm. His, he goes by the name King King, what's his name? The vegan kid. King Zoom, the vegan kid. He was in a very nice proper suit for a young boy. Mm -hmm. And he just spoke so beautifully to counsel. I was thinking out of the mouth of a babe, you know? And it actually brought me to tears. Literally, it brought me to tears. It was so powerful. So, um, yeah, but I did want to say, also I want to say, you know, just before the public hearing in the little, this pre-public hearing process, the bylaw was available for the public to view. So I got to see the bylaw that's being prepared and being presented for adoption. And it does allow animal testing. Are these proceedings videotaped or or, uh, recorded? Yes, the whole meeting was actually all Vancouver Council meetings are recorded. And we have a a Facebook page called Rezoning for the Animals Facebook page. And there's a, you know, I've done a post there and put put the minute, like this is the point in this very long evening. This is the point where I speak, where the other women speak, where the the vegan kids speak. This can be viewed publicly if someone wanted to view this, correct? Yeah, it's always oh, on the city's website as well as on our Facebook page. I, I need to ask you a question. So, so in, in a way, we kind of want the hostel to be granted permission to go to this other location because we have influence to change the zoning and change their practices. Because if they stay where they stay, they'll continue with their practices of experimenting on animals. Is that correct? My understanding? Yes. Yes. Okay. So w- and there's really no question, William. They are going to move. Okay, they gotcha. are going to move. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, when you say these bylaws allow for animal testing, is that how does that impact your campaign? Well, I mean, the, 
the campaign, it was disappointing, obviously. You know what, it's a bit frustrating. I'm just going to say as a lawyer, and I know we could have a whole separate discussion about things that I just thought were legally very uh, questionable about how the city did this. But for example, the courts have said that as part of the public hearing process, the public has to have access to all the information because how can they be making informed representations to council without the rep- without the information and so when months ago when i said please provide me with all the information getting uh, about this animal testing issue they said do you want to make a freedom of information request and i was like no i'm entitled to this in any case in any case like two days before the public hearing the city puts all this information up on the website the public sees it for the first time at the very last minute wow. including the draft bylaw and including a letter from july from the hospital to the city from july wow. saying oh you city don't need to worry about these animals. They're very well taken care of under, you know, senior government legislation. And so one of the points I definitely made in my PowerPoint was just that there is no Canadian federal government legal protection and there's no BC provincial government protection no for these animals. Right. There's no it's all it's all guidelines or you know what Exactly. It's guidelines, Nancy. Wow. So guidelines. That's, uh, so 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 did you have a chance to count I mean you got it at the last minute, did you have a chance to raise that point or does the council Yes, care? well what was really good is that through that two week public hearing process, um even up to the last minute when I got that letter about these animals are so well cared for, the public can make an unlimited number of written submissions. So you wouldn't believe in the last few days before the public hearing, I was barely sleeping. In the end, I made 29. I thought it'd be better to do more short submissions that it was more likely council would read them. And so I ended up making, rather than one long one, so I made 29 written public public hearing submissions and and i i never told you either in this earlier in interview that through the course of the campaign i ended up writing like seven really in-depth legal letters to the city like for example vancouver is very big on green policy green 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 we're going to be the greenest city in the plan on the planet right they have so many policies on you know healthy living and zero waste and all this and i did a whole bunch of research on animal experimentation compared to the alternatives animal experimentation is the least green Mm, thing you can imagine they're injecting these huge animals with bio you know with radiate radioactive materials and infectious materials that you know it creates all these biohazards anyway so when we got to the public hearing and and our animal group our rezoning for the animal group we we sat in this one on you know on the main floor not up upstairs in the public gallery they seated us downstairs and all the counselors were at the meeting which is really good so all 10 of them were there one counselor his name is counselor pete fry walked right over to us he shook my hand Mm -hmm. and he was said to me i've read everything that you wrote so i'm like that's pretty positive so we have we definitely have a sympathetic counselor on the council how many are there 
There's Ken plus the mayor. What was his first name? What Fry? Mr. What's his first name? Mr. Fry? Pete. Pete Fry. Pete what, Fry. What's the what's another the interesting name? thing that happened at the meeting is when the hospital was speaking. Right, they had um, all these different consultants, people who are engineers, and oh my goodness, like a whole whole group of consultants. At one point, one of the people who spoke was a researcher or in charge of research or something. And he said, um, and Pete Fry, Counselor Fry, asked him about their plans for animal experimentation at the hospital. And he said, our intention, this is intention, is to only use mice and rats at the new hospital. So, you know, our group, we're an abolitionist, absolutely vegan. Like, this is not... It's not good for the animals and it's not good science. But I was like, holy smokes, because I know right now they're experimenting on pigs, for example, at the existing hospital. So I'm like, is this a concession that the hospital's making in response to our campaign? I don't know. know, Some progress is better than, than no progress. Would they commit to that, even though our ultimate goal is you don't test on any of these creatures? But are are you willing to commit to that? You know what? I mean, it's really up to council now what they're going to do, right? So, do you need a majority vote? Count, that council, you know, we're we're finished. Like when the public hearing ended, and the, the mayor said, "Are there no more speakers? No more speakers." You know, it's over. The campaign is over. We've done our best. And I will tell you in just a second, I think we did really damn good. But anyway, it's up to council now. They've heard us. So, yeah, I was just going to say from the time the campaign launched in May until the public hearing period started on October 9th, the, the staff report, the staff report says that over 100 emails were received by council. I'm assuming those are our emails, and honestly, I think there must have been more than a hundred. But uh, I'll I'll take it. Okay, right, absolutely. they had a hundred emails between May and October. Then I'm thinking, who during this two-week public hearing period from October nine to twenty-second, this is a really crucial time for people to make written submissions by email, right? Because these for sure are seen by council. And I will tell you, there was one night when I sat here and I almost was in tears because they posted all these these emails that were received. So 100 emails in five months, and then two weeks we had 150 emails. Wow. And they were from people. They weren't from people that I'm like, oh, that's my animal activist friend. You know, no, these were people I was like, I don't even, I was writing down the names. I'm like, who is this person? Who is this person? They were like angels, angels for our campaign. So yeah, 150 emails. Then I had, we had done these um, events and got the public to sign petitions. So I handled it hand delivered 700 names on petitions. So Mike, you know what? Council is very aware that there's a very large public, uh, you know, opinion against this. Strengthen numbers. So, so Pat, I'm hung up on one thing really quickly here. So because you were censored and weren't allowed to play your minute video, 
Did you do obviously alternatively to try to get it in just verbally or some other way summarily? No, what the mayor said is, um, why don't you use the extra minute to just do your 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 powerpoints? And he said you could email to the uh, to the city the link to the YouTube video, and the individual counselors can decide whether or not to watch it. Okay, but this PETA okay. video did it particularly have to do with experimentation at this hospital, or was it just general stuff? It was just general. It was okay. from, uh, you know, it was done by PETA, but I there's see. no mistaking. I mean, and how do we know that it's not at this hospital because it's all so uh, secretive, right? right? Absolutely. What's the, also secretive. What's the mayor's What's name? What's the mayor's name? Oh, um, Kennedy Stewart, Mayor Stewart. Kennedy Stewart, it's a man, right? Kennedy Stewart. So, so um, you know what, and, and what about, did you have any deference because you've been associated so long with urban affairs and urban, remember your, your biography, your, 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 uh, yeah. your, your CV and all that, did you have some deference, some recognition, like, a, like an unwritten understanding that you, you, were a, a, you are a, an urban affairs maven and all that? Did you have some... mm, no, not so much. I, no, I wouldn't say so, and that's okay, that's okay. Is that okay? So, truthfully, at one point... I, I heard my, I'll just tell you, the first part of the meeting with the staff report and the hospital report, it was absolutely deadly boring. Oh, oh my, my God, there was, and I was like, when it gets, I mean, people were not, I was having trouble like staying awake. Say and I'm like, when I get up, I am going to put some energy into this, and right? So you probably so I off. was really fired up. And at one point, I'm, I actually said, I said, I hope I don't sound angry. <laughs> I said, I just feel really passionate so, about this. Yeah. So, Pat, we're so running anyway, against time. When, uh, and then I watched it out? back and I was like, okay, I did, did not come across as an angry, crazy lady. I came across as authoritative and passionate. Pat, when are we going to find out? We'll have you. We'll have you on again. When are we going to find out November the results? 4th? Well, you know what? Why don't I message you, yes. right? Please. And yes, and please. when we know, when we know. But I'm anyway, do we have? Do I have a, a little bit more time here? Because you have like a, one minute, thirty seconds. Okay, I just I just want to say that these time? animals in biomedical research out of all the animals they are in the worst position so animals used for food first off the animals in biomedical research they're deliberately bred and live for harm to right. be done to them it's not incidental harm yeah, it's, it's deliberate harm yeah, it's deli they're, and they're other born, animals they can experience. be helped from what i'm going to call a bottom-up a grassroots approach so animals and food, right, people can individually help them by choosing not to eat the animals. Animals in the clothing industry, people can individually help them by not choosing not to wear animal, animals right. as clothing. And animals in entertainment can be helped by Pat, individuals. But we've, we've in this biomedical down. research, you can't go to your doctor right. and say, please prescribe me a vegan medicine well let's talk more about this next time let me know when when it's a good time to come back on the yep, show i will and, do and I thank really you so much for more. your continuing interest in this because yeah, let's, let's part of the, the goal is just raising awareness for these poor creatures hidden away in secret Amen. thank you Pam. thank we're you gonna, for all we're your talk effort. a little bit more about this next time we're running thank out of time you for thank everything, you so Pat. much take care Pat. no okay. worries thank you so much have a great day you guys bye bye Okay, so this is it for us. Um, Remember, be the person your dog thinks you are. Thank you all for uh, coming up for uh, 
Yeah. Us, and you want to see show? anything new into the show or you want to introduce or call up, please yeah. do. Yeah, please uh, go to Nancy. If you want to email me, nancy at animallawlawyer.com, and you can go to the website animallawlawyer.com. We're on every Sunday, 2 p.m. LA Talk Radio here in Los Angeles. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.